so my name is Lenny Escobar. Uh, I'm the black guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who are you? I'm, I'm Cody Moulton, so the other guy doing the show. I'm the white guy. Uh, there where someone's like, somebody didn't want to go west. Levi Savage. I'm like, <laughs> what the flip, dude? That sucks. And that really happened. Like, there's, there's journals about this Levi dude getting called out publicly. A little more common back then. But not now, so don't don't worry. (laughs) Welcome to the In Black and White Show, where we just try to have natural conversations about life and the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm one of your hosts, Lenny Escobar, joined with Cody, the other host, always us two. Maybe sometimes we'll see another person, but uh, I was just... Yeah, I just got to clarify, I was actually thinking, we may have had this conversation last episode, but why is it that we have to keep introducing each other? Like, do you guys not know who we are? Do we? Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know who you, you are. That's who, me or the people listening? No, you. Like, you. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm Lenny. I'm, in, I'm, the, I'm the other guy doing the podcast. Actually, here's, here's the, the, the twist, is you're just an AI. Whoa. There's Don't actually, just go throwing it out. There's actually this guy that we used to work with. He never turned his camera on. I worked with him for three years. Lived, you know, East Coast. And uh, we always joked on my team that uh, that he was actually never real. He was just always an AI because <laughs> we never saw him. He never left uh, his house. He never did? Yeah. Well, you, you don't know if he never left his house. Well, that was the joke. But maybe that's oh. why it was a joke. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I didn't get the joke. Maybe you should tell better jokes next time. Yeah. Hey, that was a way funny joke. I looked that up on <laughs> Forbes. I, oh, I thought you said I, I was thought you were going to say IMDb. Well, anyways, hello everyone. <laughs> Thanks for joining with us. We got an exciting show. I, we just we, we kind of just uh, jumped the gun by just explaining, and then we just went into our own conversation. Mm-hmm. But welcome to our conversation, everyone. We're glad mm-hmm. that you're here. Um, we're glad to be doing the podcast once again mm-hmm. this episode, and we're excited to share with you what we have to talk about. Mm-hmm. It is a little bit of a deeper, a little bit of a doozy, but we're excited to we talk always about. Are now, dang it! I I guess that's true, and not but in a bad way. Are, like dang it, like like dang Skippy, like yeehaw, <laughs> you know? Roku, yeah, or Roku. Roku or or special beam cannon, <laughs> <laughs> special beam cannon. Anyways, again, we're glad that you're here. We're excited. Yeah. But to uh, start us off, uh, we are going to well, actually, first we're gonna we're gonna be talking about uh, a question. One of the questions that we have uh, going back into our normal format where we talk about uh, questions. Last week was our 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 random word generator. Uh, but we'll get to that question in a little bit. We're, but we are going to start things off with our new segment, which is unmotivational quotes. Yeah. Or anti-inspirational. We probably change oh, it, it every time we say this. Because, yeah. So we, we actually it, discovered that when you try to look up inspirational quotes, sometimes you just get a bunch of ones that like, you can't really make fun of. Yeah. But sometimes you switch it and you look at motivational quotes. Then you get some better options. I don't know. So we'll probably... Yeah. We'll probably change the way we refer to that because we're bad at our jobs okay (laughs) anti-motivational inspirational quotes (laughs) yeah anti-inspirational demotivational quotes yeah (laughs) there you go anyways all right here we go so uh to start us off i have it and i have two of them for you just do one this i i know and then and then then well no go ahead sorry go ahead yeah yeah no no good i know you (laughs) <laughs> do you want to tell me how to do my job some more? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd okay, love to. okay. Shut up. All right. This this because <laughs> this one comes from the great William Wordsworth. What a name! Yes, indeed. Here is his quote: "To begin, begin." <laughs> okay. Let me read that again for you. To begin. Begin. If you t- if you texted that to me, I would respond with a K. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm just saying, like, correct. Like that's yeah. that's how it starts. 
I, I that's don't, that's I don't it. Know that, w- did you find that looking up motivational or inspirational? Motivational. I can I just imagine waking up in the morning and you look over at your little calendar and it's like to start just get the freak out of bed and just just do something. Oh, okay. You know, honestly, that would be kind of motivational. That's more that's more motivational. That's more than, motivational than to begin begin like Oh, oh, it's that easy. Oh, I thought I was I was supposed to stop. Oh, I was going to go back to bed until I read that. <laughs> I thought in order to begin running, I was going to sit down. You, you but now the, I know. You tear the page off your calendar and it says, go. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, that is okay, a good That's a good find, Thank- man. Thank you. The, Thank you know you. the best ones are the ones you don't have to say anything about. I know. All right, so this is what I got. The Titanic did not hit the iceberg because they did not see it coming, but because they could not change direction. You know what? I actually read that wrong. The first time I thought it said they would not change direction. You know? Well, I was oh. like, well this is kind of dumb. They're like, well, crap, there's a big thing over there. <laughs> Whoa, well, I guess we're going to go uh, hydroplane over it. I, like, I don't I don't know. I, I Just going to kick flip over it. Because now this is actually an interesting quote because I misread yeah, it, it. They could not. Yeah. They were incapable. See, I can't make fun of that. That's rude. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's, a, that's actually a good one because um, – but then, but is that is that a motivational or inspirational one? That was that's a motivational technically. Well, I mean, well, here's the problem. Well, that's that's a terrible I, motivational quote. Then, <laughs> that's true. So if like, you're too deep in something, you're gonna crash and burn, dude. That's oh. that's really what the, that's what that quote is saying. The Titanic <laughs> did not crash into the, the iceberg because it didn't see it coming, but because it couldn't change direction. So, well, too bad for you. So. You probably see the problems coming down the way here, and uh, oh, it's a little late there, buddy. <laughs> Sorry. <Sucks> to suck. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what that quote is saying. Oh, that's a good one. That's still a good find. Yeah. I should have read it. Oh, here I am making fun of your reading, and I didn't even <laughs> read that one all the way. Uh Well, I have right. here. I'm. I'll, I'll share my last one. This one isn't as nearly as good as the these first two. This one is by the great Theodore Roosevelt. <clears throat> Keep your eyes on the stars and your feet on the ground. Hmm. I mean, can you imagine? You should probably you should probably keep your eyes in front of you so you can see where you're walking. Yeah, if you're looking up and you're walking, I mean, yeah, you're 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 gonna get hit by a car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you keep your eyes on the stars. You're gonna get hit. You're gonna you're gonna walk into somebody. Especially, yeah, don't do this when you're driving. Like, yeah, especially when you're. I mean, keep your feet on the pedals if you're driving. Okay, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Don't, and, and and your eyes on the road. Yeah. Maybe the, the the quote should go: Keep your eyes on the road and your feet on the pedals when you're driving. Well, I mean, I guess if if you're, we're spending way too much time on this. But if you're if your feet are on the ground, then you're not going to be driving anywhere because. You're not touching the gas pedals. I guess guess you're right. You could just sit there in the car until you die of starvation. That's motivational. (laughs) Don't ever drive. Just walk. Don't move. (laughs) Just look up and stand. Don't move anywhere. Yeah. I still like that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. All right, well, that was fun. We did spend a little time, a little bit of time on that one. Oh, yeah. Um, you, uh, everyone, uh, our listeners, that's all you listening, you should send us your own anti-motivational, inspirational quotes. We'd love to think, see some of the ones that you think are, uh, you know, they can be really good, but they can also, if you think about them a little too literally, you know, they might be funny. We'd love to hear some of your thoughts. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to move on to our, to the meat of, of our, of our episode, the in black and white part of the episode. Um, just for anyone who else, just to keep, just to remind, if you're, uh, 
joining with us after a break, or if you're a new listener, we are going to be talking about the, a question that one of you have had. We're going to be talking about the gray of the question, and then we're going to be talking about the black and white that's uh, based in scripture and in the gospel. Mm-hmm. So we can see how, how it, how it, uh, that there is a gray to all these questions, but there is black and white. There are these principles that can, uh, they can guide an answer, maybe not give the answer completely, but it can definitely guide an answer and get you to where you need to go. So that's, mm-hmm. uh, that's, that's our segment. So this question is actually a very great, it's a really awesome question. I think very pertinent for uh, the times, so this is the, it's not necessarily a, it's not really in the form of a question, but there's a question there. This is what, what uh, they say. I struggle with the fact that certain sins need to be brought up to a bishop when they can be very intimate and you don't really know the bishop. Yeah. So I can kind of, looking at this question, we can kind of, we're looking at this concern, we can kind of bring up the question. So I think the question is, why do we need to bring up certain sins to a bishop? Um especially when they're so intimate and you okay. and you are not as comfortable with the bishop. So why, why do we need to? Why confession, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean and there's lots of pieces to confession, right? So why mm-hmm. why this part of confession, I suppose is is really the root question there, but Right. Did you want to start with some thoughts on that? I know we yeah. both have been studying all week for this one. Yeah, for sure. So the the first there's first couple of thoughts that come with come up are um, just the the fact I wanted to actually just bring up the the fact first is what is confession like that's something I think is and and it not even can like I don't even want to go a little bit more basic what is repentance and and how does it fit into this so like the general thought the general the general uh, principle of repentance is based in this one word change. In essence, that's what it means. It means change from your current a current state into a new, more refined um, one that's closer to God. So, like, basically, we are changing where we are and moving ourselves spiritually through our will to be more in line with God um, and more in line with His principles, His His the commandments, all of those things, all of the things that He's given us. Right? That's right. really what, in essence, what repentance is. Right. So I think about if I if I we think about that or at least I think about that in that term, now we can start to break down a little bit more about um the different parts of repentance. Yeah. You know, I did that as part of my study cuz I so I found a lot of different resources, a lot of different mm-hmm. scriptures and and things. And then there are a lot of places in the scriptures where they talk about confessing your sins. So mm-hmm. confession is like a core part of the gospel of Jesus Christ shows up in the old Testament, new Testament, book of Mormon, doctrine and covenants all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's really, con- inter- Oh, sorry. And when I say confession, I'm talking about generally. So confession mm-hmm. to God is referenced. Sometimes right. confession to the person you've wronged is referenced in the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes confession to, uh, the church is mentioned in the scriptures. Um, so they're all they're all three of them are me- mentioned and practiced throughout scripture. Mm-hmm. Um and so because of that I wanted to break it down into cuz I mean it, I think the first thing that comes to my mind is why do we have to confess to a bishop because Lenny does the bishop forgive sin? Yeah, no, just kidding. No, absolutely he does not. He does not forgive sin. Um only God forgives sin, mostly. And the reason I say mostly is because my study did actually lead me to very rare occasions where the sealing power given to uh, some apostles or um, other other uh, leaders on that level have at times been given the uh, authority to forgive on behalf of God, but... But I think, but but also even because uh, I remember I actually seeing some of that too. I do want to say that it's under the authority, and it is still through Christ that you are forgiven. It's just yeah, this it, person is given. Yeah, uh, it's not authority. this person's power that's forgiving right. you. It's they're exactly. just they're just speaking on behalf of of God, kind of a thing. Right, and, and yeah. it's so rare that it's 
barely worth mentioning, and I probably shouldn't have right. mentioned it. But yeah, it, it, even the even the church leaders, modern church leaders, have said it's not a practice for them. They don't they don't do it. Right. So, uh, and I, you know, as uh, that's actually where my where my thoughts my studies led me to is um, I wanted to focus on uh, the first two. Uh, repentance, or actually mostly focus on rep- like confession as part of repentance to the Lord, because I think that that's probably the that's the most important part. Yeah, and right? and let me let me let me give my three that I broke it into. Oh yeah, please because go ahead. this is the first one that you're talking about, and I think we yeah, can yeah. jump to the next two. Yeah. Confession to God to receive forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, part two, I broke it into confession to feel forgiveness, which we can unpack that. Mm. And then three is confession for order in the church. So that's that's kind of how I broke it down. But you know we can we can dig into those. Let's start with that first one. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm glad uh, those those are really great thoughts. Uh, the first Thank one, you. I think. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't get used to it. Don't get a big head. <laughs> oh, dang it. Well, good, yeah, because these headphones won't fit anymore, huh? <laughs> well, yeah, they're already broken. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> the first nice. one that I that I wanted to this is the one that I actually spent a lot of time on is confession to God because I don't because I think that which is it's good but I do want to bring up to the fact that when we do talk to God about how things are going when we talk about what we want to change what we have done and give an accounting of you know whenever we we confess to God or like we tell him or ask forgiveness, that is a confession. And we actually confess to God a lot more than we think we do. Like that, we are, especially if you have prayer as a habit, you are consistently confessing to to God, to Heavenly Father, about what you've done and what you want to improve. Like that's, uh, that even like these are like really small things that are, when I say small, I just mean um, continually moving a, your, your will in alignment with God, like that's yeah. that's continue, and that's and it's repentance. Kind of weird to think that's that a that's, big part. That's probably like the more approachable, the most approachable confession is with God. Yeah, right. And I think, um, I think it's important to remember that because, like, this is this is where it all begins. Like everything begins with Him. All the repentance that you are doing all starts with with Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. And I think that if we can remember that they want, they want us to um, be to they want us to be clean, but just as important, they want us to feel clean, and they want us to feel forgiven as well as just be forgiven. I think those two things are really important. The like how we feel is just as important as how they feel about us because we can easily get in the way of our own progression if we don't feel those things. And yeah. so like I, I want to make sure that we talk about that because these these two things about us feeling um lead us into I think some more of uh I mean there are some things about actually becoming clean, but I think a big part of what we're going to move into these other two things that you're going to talk about uh you you thought you studied are 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 about us feeling clean and forgiven as well as being clean and forgiven. Yeah, yeah. And and before we get there, what what are the I think if we break into the prerequisites for mm-hmm. forgiveness. Sure. With God. So we're we're just focusing on between us and God right mm-hmm. now, praying to God. Yeah. And I think um godly sorrow is one of those. Right. Which I, God I, Oh, go ahead. Sorry, go. No, no, go ahead. I interrupted you. Um, which we'll talk more about in a little bit. Uh, that's one of them. Um, and godly sorrow kind of contains a lot of things because part of mm-hmm. it is you feel sorry that you did something wrong, but you also feel motivated to to do right going forward. Um, you feel sorrow in the context of your relationship with God that you've mm-hmm. you've moved against Him in some way. Um, and the other part is is making restitution. Mm. Um, and that one is more of a gray area because we can't always make restitution, right? Sure. Yeah. And so making perfect restitution is not a prerequisite for forgiveness. I think 
making some kind of restitution, sincere restitution to some degree is, though. Like God wants us to, if we did, if we said something mean to someone, he wants us to say sorry, right? If we, if we, uh, committed a bad act, he wants us to make it better. If we have an addiction, he wants us to work on it, you know, he wants those kind of things. Like Mm -hmm. he doesn't just want us to say, Hey, I'm sorry in a prayer and, and, and move on. So I think those are, maybe there's more, but I think those are, those are the prerequisites. Yeah. if we in it concisely said, so we still haven't answered the question, and we will, everyone. We promise about why yeah, do we have to yeah. confess to a bishop, which I think we kind of address in the next point here: confession to feel forgiveness. So, face to face admittance of wrongs to someone who can support and give repentance, uh, give assistance, gives a, a help us through the repentance process. So, I think confessing to a bishop is not something that we w- that would be viewed as like a doctrinal thing like a, a, so much as and I don't want to say it's like a policy thing either um I think in a in a it's it really is a blessing um in a way for God to try to help us work through some of these challenges now that's not to disregard or or not Acknowledge that this is a difficult thing to open up to a bishop about your wrongs or mistakes that you might have made. It has been for me in the past, and so I, I understand some of those feelings. Um, so it's not to say that it's not that it, it, because it is a blessing that it's not hard, or in some cases that that hasn't been abused because we know right every once in a while in the church that has been abused. Um, and I think that is very, very rare. Um, and I and the reason I say that is not to discount people who have experienced abuse, but to um, make it clear that um, for the most part, most bishops are really they're they're imperfect humans, but they're they're there to help, and that they have uh, the blessing of the Spirit to help us through the repentance process. Mm-hmm. They have the authority to assist uh, the members of their ward through the repentance process. So the reason I say it's a blessing is because I think God asks us to do this right now um, because it's one of the best ways to help us overcome and and become better. And that's a gift he's trying to give us. And In, oh. and the reason that it's it's not something that's like optional for every sin is because the Lord understands how much help we will need moving through some of these sins. And so he's saying, I'm asking you to go and talk to a bishop about this. And I'm asking you to trust me. And, and that's, that's the process right now. So the things that we actually need to see a bishop about, and this is actually kind of, um, there's some of them are, are laid out pretty, pretty specific, but there are also some, there's some gray area in here. Um, the way that it said is serious transgressions. Um, these are these include, but are not limited to serious violations of the law of chastity and acts of violence or dishonesty that cause serious harm or damage to others. Yeah. So um, we're not here to we're not here to like clarify each individual thing that we need to talk about even uh, talk about with the bishop, but. Uh, the, you kind of give a, a pretty breath, a large breath of what what we should go see the, the uh, what we should right. go see the bishop about. Like the lady you cut off, you you don't you know. Yeah, you don't you necessarily feel bad about that. You don't gotta you know go to the bishop about those kind of sins and right and and I, and something I read was if you're wondering if you need to talk to the bishop about yep. something, think about how you're thinking about this thing. Is it causing you stress or anxiety often about something you did wrong? You know, is it, do you feel like you need to talk to the bishop about it? Does that keep coming up in your mind, you know? Mm -hmm. And they say, hey, then go talk to the bishop. Because worst Uh, case scenario, if you don't, um, then you'll just be on your way. And, and, you know, not not a, like nothing, um, no no harm done, no damage done kind of thing, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, I think that we can we can assume that if there is serious violations of the law of chastity, and and I think that if um, 
uh, I think that if you need, if somebody needs to know what that means, I would invite you to go study the law of chastity. I, I think that that's yeah. Um, I've, or acts I mean, of violence or dishonesty. I think that those. I think those are the ones that um, I think we can figure out as well. And uh, again, like what you were saying is if what I read is that if you feel like you should talk to your bishop about it, then you should do it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, the way I always looked at it was God cares about how you bring, I mean, he cares about a lot of things, but he seriously is concerned about how we bring people into this world and how we, and how people are taken out of this world. Yeah. That's a really, that's really great uh, way of thinking about it. Yeah. So there's other sins that could involve talking to the bishop, but you know, Mm -hmm. especially in our culture today that is very, um, sexually loose mm-hmm. um yeah the lord's standard hasn't changed he he wants us to to be very careful about how we're 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 dealing with the law of chastity how we're living the law of chastity so yeah um, and, and i think that this is we where we are right now is i think the the core of of this particular question um not necessarily the law of chastity but just that why do certain sins need to be brought up to a bishop when they can be very intimate and you don't know, but you don't really know the bishop. So here's, I, I want to give a few thoughts about that. I think that we kind of have talked about that, uh, the, you were, you were saying that the bishop is a blessing. Um, and the Lord has, has provided what I wanted to say about this is the Lord has, uh, there is order in the Lord's house and there is, there's a specific way, a specific way that the Lord has has instructed us to go about this stuff. And so one of them is that if we, the reason why we need to talk to a bishop about some of these more intimate things, intimate sins, not intimate things, but intimate sins, is because the Lord takes that very, uh, very, very seriously. And that's one of the reasons why he has bishops and he set up the, 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 the church in the way he has to have a bishop in every ward is so that there is a somebody a resource that you can go to to help you help somebody through these experiences. Um, now, I want to say that if you don't feel like you've done anything wrong, um, I mean that's that's your choice. That's how that's how you feel, and only you can determine um, what you need to do. Um, so, but I think that if you are feeling like I I feel like I should talk to the bishop about this, but I'm uncomfortable because it's very intimate and I don't know this person, uh, I want to say that you have an incredible amount of faith right there. If you feel like you need to talk to him, but you're, but you are, but you are, um, hesitant, hesitant, nervous because of, you don't, because you have no idea who this Bishop is and how he's going to react and all of that. I think first and foremost is I applaud and you should applaud your own faith that you're, that you're considering that. Um, yeah. And, and, and you're in, you're in company with the most of us, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. I think we've all felt some degree of nervous about that kind of a thing at some point in most of our lives. Hmm. Absolutely. And And so it doesn't, you know, you're, you're not the odd one out and uh, yeah. And I think secondly, when it comes to that is, um, I think that it's worth a conversation with the bishop about how you're feeling like, you know, honestly, like if, if you're struggling with that, like, Hey, uh, I struggle, I'm struggling. If you're struggling with the fact that you need to talk to a bishop, but you're like, I I don't really trust this person. This person doesn't know. And, you know, I also want to say, uh, there's another thing I I wanted to talk about something that I thought about, but I'm going to finish this first that you don't, you that, uh, that uh what was i saying before i'm sorry that you you want to talk to this person you can have a an honest conversation about the bishop that you don't feel comfortable with with him and i think that that's okay it's okay to tell the bishop that it's okay that you that you're struggling with this and i think it's okay for you to tell this person now i think that if like most bishops there's outliers and i want to say that uh unfortunately there are some like you said um uh, experiences uh, of abuse and uh, of people not taking it seriously or not being being uh, sensitive. Sensitive. Or, you know. um, I want to. I want to say that that unfortunately that 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 can and has happened, but I think the the vast majority 
of bishops are are willing and are trying to be sensitive and are trying to understand you and be there for you as a resource. The thing is, no, the bishop at this stage, the bishop cannot forgive sins. What he is there to do is help assist you in your own, uh, your own repentance. Now, I have gone through the repentance process with a bishop, and I can say it's one of the most, it is a very hard, it's a very vulnerable experience, and it's also a very rewarding experience. Um, now, I did want to bring this up uh, because I think it is worth mentioning. I am a man, and I am going to go talk to another man about this stuff. That's a different experience than a sister going to to talk with with the bishop, and and I and I think that uh, I think another little um, nuance this question has that in mind is that it can be uncomfortable that a sister is talking to a brother, or the bishop, about some very intimate things, and I think that that can be very um, uh, vulnerable. That is a very uh, sensitive place to be. Uh, I think my my thought is, and I'm not exactly sure, but I, my my thought is is that if that is a struggle for a sister, I'm sure that the sister, um, I'm sure that a, a candid conversation with the bishop, the bishop will make some will, will would I'm sure be very open to making con- some considerations for this particular sister if she's feeling. Um, um, yeah, uncomfortable with that. Uncomfortable I mean, it, with that. There's, there's, I, you know, and maybe it's worth talking to the bishop about, or maybe just release society president about too. Yeah, like exactly. Starting there, yeah. if you, if you mm-hmm. need to, if, if that's absolutely comfortable. I think that's definitely an option. I, you can even, I think you can ask people to sit in with you if you want to meet with the yeah. bishop, if that helps. Um, so I think there's, there are options there to hopefully help, and and again, we you know we recognize it's it's tough, but. There, there's a. The bishop is there, as you said, to help support you through the repentance process, and part of that repentance process, sometimes is, um, built around, some kind of disciplinary action, maybe. Oh, of course, Not, yeah, yeah. When you and, get to that and, part. and the reason I say that is because I read a really good story about this, where this, uh, um, it was in a conference talk from the '80s, mm-hmm. where a son went to jail. Um, for stealing something, and his parents were like, "Oh no! Like wh- we had no idea. We didn't see this coming. We're kind of blindsided by this, but we're we have we have money, and we know people will will get you out of their son." And the bishop said, "Yeah, I'll, you know, I, we never. We, you're a good kid, and this was just a slip up, and whatever. And we'll do whatever we can to make sure this doesn't like impact your your life at home and whatever." And and the son responded and said, "Do you guys realize what you're doing to me right now?" You're trying to help me get out of this, you know, without any consequences. That will not help me stop doing this in the future. So please let me serve my time and go through this so that I can use this to help me do better in the future. Hmm. And I like that story because, you know, we, we look at disciplinary disciplinary action or, or some of the consequences of our sins, um as curses and you know in a way that they are they are they negatively impact us of course but if we can route that impact in a way it's the same reason why we feel pain if you put your hand on a burner mm-hmm. you know your body is telling you this hurts so that you won't do it again and i've thought to myself i'm like well that's dumb like if it if my body didn't hurt in the first place i wouldn't care if i did it all the time you know and then three days later, I would I would be missing three fingers or something. <laughs> well, you know, then you don't have fingers. Like you, you can't use your fingers at that. You know, it's a it's a weird. I've, I don't know if anyone else has walked through that uh, thought pattern before. Yeah, it's a weird but thought I have pattern. Is, especially this week. I don't know why this week, but uh, so it hurts. Um, when we it hurts to feel pain, but it's meant as a defense mechanism to say, "Hey, learn from this." Don't put your hand on the burner. And so our spirits will feel that pain. That's what that guilt is. It's a spiritual pain that we 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 did something wrong, that we moved away from God or we broke a commandment or, or what have you. 
And sometimes the bishop will say, hey, we need to stop taking the sacrament for X amount of weeks as we work through this process. And and that kind of those kind of actions, whatever they might be, are going to help us develop more of a of an appreciation for that, that we can uh, work to get that uh, privilege back and uh, help us to make better choices in the future. They're not meant as a punishment, bad, you should be ashamed kind of a thing. They're meant as as checkpoints to say, you know, how how can we how can we do better? How can we respect the, and think about this ordinance more? You know, let's I think, think about that next time you take the sacrament, but you can't. Then you'll it'll it'll help to think about okay, how can this help me through the repentance process? You know, and that's just an example. There's there's that's not always the case with this disciplinary action, but I think there is sure. an order to it. You know, um, for our well, benefit. I think the um, the I, I read this uh, this from a conference talk as well. <clears throat> that the 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 savior's been has been called the he's the one that heals he's the it, uh, the way he was described is he's the master physician right the the bishops can be can be called the physician's assistant yeah. basically what he's there to do is to help the physician heal you all the way <clears throat> and i think one of the the important ways uh, one of the things that is important that a bishop is also there to do is to preserve the 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 sacredness of ordinances and these these things, right? Um, right. And so, one of the things, if if uh, one of the the things that we're told to do when we partake of the sacrament is to you know partake of it worthily. Now, this is something that we can go into this very like this this concept we can go into and talk for hours about. But I'm just going to give I think what I feel is just the overview. What it means to be worthy to take the sacrament is just that you have been, uh, is that there are no serious transgressions that have not been, that you have not talked to a bishop about, that you haven't taken care of, quote unquote. All right. So yeah. it, it doesn't mean that, uh, that you have to be worthy uh, to take the sacrament. Like you have to be, you have to be perfect to take the sacrament. That's ultimate. That's all like, like that kind of, um, right undermines the whole purpose of the sacrament in general. Right. Um, and, and and if you look at that on a scale too, right, right. we're not saying like 50%, 50-50, right? If you have this much sin, then they're more likely not going to be able to take a sacrament. No. Most, the vast majority of the time, the sacrament is there for us to take and help through the repentance process. And if the sins are serious enough, not usually the case, but sometimes it is the case, right? And you got to talk mm-hmm. to the bishop and whatever. Right. And then we refrain, and that assists with with being able to take the sacrament in the future in a way that it will be effective and that it will be right. helpful. And I think that that is the that's the the key is that it will be effective in the future. Like that's the reason why we are we're not we 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 don't. Um, why I think sometimes the bishop instructs us not to take the sacrament. It's not because. We're not, and it, and it, and definitely, it doesn't mean that we're not being that because we haven't taken the sacrament that week or the weeks that we're not is like we're not being forgiven. That's not. That's I definitely don't feel like that is the the the, the, right. pur- the purpose of it. But it is a purpose for us for us for in the future when we may remake our baptismal covenants that they they mean more because of the of the time that we've taken to really. Um, cleanse ourselves and when i say cleanse i mean i I mean cleanse is is not just of the action but also of the thought of like thinking about it now it doesn't mean you have to be perfect doesn't mean that all the thoughts have been uh have to be clean or or not done it's more of just that that you're trying that there's an active part of your will and your your actions that are trying to refrain from sinning in that same way again because i'm sure I mean, I it was I was reading that the, you are going to sin again, and you may sin again in the same way, but the difference right. is is how are you feeling about it? What what are you, what is it that yeah. you're you're doing about that about that I mean, particular the, sin? The whole the whole goal of repentance, yeah, is what it means. Turn back to Christ, move right. back closer to Christ. Exactly. Forgiveness is is a blessing to alleviate the burden on our hearts as we repent, right? Mm. And I think, um, you know, I've 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 heard of situations where people have 
uh, an individual has committed a certain sin and met with the bishop multiple times about it and repeatedly commits a sin and they aren't taking it seriously enough and they've been asked not to take the sacrament. And I've known other people who have committed the same sin, but they're working with the bishop and they're sincere in their repentance trying to make a change and they were taking the sacrament. Now I'm not talking about what the sin is. I'm not I'm not any we're not here to define what what degree that is, but the, the what that illustrated to me was the the point of repentance and taking the sacrament is is there a change of heart happening? Mm-hmm. You know, where is that happening in the process? You don't have to be perfect, um, but you, but you do need to be sincere and humble, and uh, you know, sincerely trying to change and and do right moving forward. And so it's it's not always you know it's not always black and white. Do don't take the sacrament. Kind of you know, obviously working with the bishop will clarify what what he wants you to do as he's impressed by the spirit to help you through mm-hmm. that process. Um. But that did illustrate to me that you know this is this is all on a on a scale and more focused on the heart and the sincerity of of the change of heart and how that's you know the you th- there could be a sin that you struggle with until the day you die you know mm-hmm. and and you maybe you meet with the bishop about it regularly and you're sincerely trying to make it better and uh, that will not preclude you from partaking in the full blessings of the church you know if you're sincere and trying. And and I think that uh, when it comes down when it comes down to it, I think that um, the how you feel if you if if you really want to sorry I lost my train of thought you go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me. Uh, I'll I'll give. I do want to read this quote here that I read. There's this confession in LDS doctrine and practice BYU study paper. It's mm. it's so long. I was reading it the other day and I'm like, this is mo- this is money. This is awesome. This is providing great insight into the social benefit of confession. How as humans, it helps us relieve mm. our burden to say to someone else, physically in person, to confess our sin. The desire to confess is a human thing. Like it's not just a spiritual thing. Mm. And it talks about how, you know, like mentally and psychically and emotionally speaking, how confession, even if you weren't a religious person, how it would benefit and bless you. Hmm. Um, That's good. All yeah, are spiritual. It's, a really, it's a really great article. Um, but it's like 9,000 bajillion words, which I've gotten through like an eighth of it. And I have... I got a lot of my notes from that. But one of the quotes in there that I liked was, Confession to one's bishop does sometimes avoid penalties and does please God, but its greater importance may be in its capacity to aid change. Such confession Mm. helps bring about the humility and submission that is part of harmonizing human will with God's will. Confession helps break down pride, since one cannot easily admit error and remain proud. Humbling is especially likely if one admits weakness to a bishop whose regard the confessor values. Public confession would involve additional social humbling. And, you know, public confession was a thing. Like, that's a thing in the scriptures. Mm-hmm. And that that's a thing in the early church. Um, in the modern church, the only times that's a thing is if the sin you committed was like you stole money from a bunch of old ladies at an old folks home. So you need to go publicly apologize to the old folks home and all the old ladies, like stuff like that. If, mm-hmm. if your sin is affecting and, and is serious in a public manner, then it needs to be confessed publicly. So most of the time, like that's not something we need to worry about. Um, have you seen uh, 17 miracles? I have. Yeah. There's a scene in there where someone's like, Somebody didn't want to go west. Levi Savage. I'm like, <laughs> what the flip, dude? That's like, and that really happened. Like, there's there's journals about this Levi dude getting called out publicly by other church members, and that was that was how it was. It was a little more common back then, but but not now. So don't don't worry. Um, <laughs> and then the last sentence here: Confession reminds people of their own weaknesses and God's strength the acknowledgement of which is itself commanded. So it's a really, it's a really great, I'll put it in the, in the show notes. Um, but I like that. It's like trying to say 
confession to God um, is how we receive forgiveness and how we we can move through the repentance process for the majority of our sins. Confessing to another person, to the bishop, is how we help help ourselves mentally, emotionally, psychically, whatever you want to say, move through it. You know, or actually mm. feel forgiven in the end. Because if there is a serious sin that we we were to commit and uh, and it was never brought up to a bishop, and we just try to say, I'll just handle it on my own. I don't need to go talk to a bishop. Um, you know, we might not actually ever feel comfortable or forgiven of that ourselves. We won't, right. we won't feel like we could fully forgive ourselves of that. We'll carry that with us. And and I do have an experience with that because I don't know if I told you this, Lenny. I think I have told you this, Lenny. But when you go to the MTC, yeah, like they're they're kind of <laughs> they're kind of intense there, and for good reason. Um, they just want to make sure everyone isn't carrying that burden. If there's a sin they haven't confessed through the week, bi-weekly, whatever, you meet with your bishop and stake president. You meet your bishop a ton before you go on a mission. And you meet with your stake president a couple times. So there are plenty of opportunities to give people a chance to, to clear anything up so they can relieve that burden and go out without um, feeling hindered by any past sins they haven't cleared up. So when you get to the MTC... They they continue with that, and and I remember the second day the uh, one of our branch leaders comes in. He's like, "Hey everyone, I'm gonna be pulling you guys out. You're gonna have a lesson here for the next hour and a half. I'm gonna pull you out one at a time. We're just gonna have a quick interview. Um, guys, if you have a rock in your shoe, let's get the rock out. There are some rocks. There's some pebbles you could have in your shoe of past sins you're carrying that you could go your whole mission." And say, you know what, this isn't bruising my foot, but every day you wake up and every step you take on your mission, you're gonna think about that rock in your shoe. Some of those rocks are so big that they're gonna they're gonna affect your ability to walk. It's like I don't care if it's a pebble, I don't care if it's a giant rock. Let's go get that rock out of your shoe. So come eat with me. And then he left and they started pulling people out. And I was like, Man, what a what a great analogy. Um and I was feeling pretty guilty. I'm like, oh, ma- maybe I haven't cleared some things up because, you know, I, 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 I had carried some some degree of this. Should I confess? Should I not? Should I talk to the bishop? It's a really gray area for for my situation. And I was like, I don't know if it's something I need to bring up or not. And so when I went in for my interview, I I I was like, he's like, are you worthy? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> and I was really nervous. I never met this guy. I met him 24 hours earlier, and uh, and so I told him, and then he told me, hey. Elder, would you forgive yourself already? And we can move on here. Thank you for bringing that up. That's very, you know, I appreciate you talking with me about that. Um, that rocks out of your shoe. So he didn't forgive me. He wasn't trying to say, hey, you're forgiven. But he was trying to say, hey, this isn't something you need to worry about. This isn't something you need to carry on. Thank you for your sincerity and for talking about it. And I felt better since, you know. And it made a, it made a big difference uh, for me. So anyway, I I always appreciated that analogy, and, and honestly, that experience for me was good and yeah, and helped me realize the the benefit of you know. I think and what I what I love about that story that you sh- you've shared is that you've you've kind of gone you've gone you've kind of gone through the nuance of this question that we we're talking about. You didn't know this guy. You met him twenty four hours before. You know that's the thing that you've been carrying around this for a long time. It's probably very yeah. very you're very very vulnerable. But what you did, well, I think what it is, is you, that you were trusting the process that the Lord said to talk to the bishop or talk whatever to get it done, to get it uh, resolved. And so you trusted uh, you trusted the Lord. And I think that that yeah. is really important to, to think is that um, the Lord has given us this instruction. And I would say, trust the Lord. I And I would say anybody who's struggling to, to meet with me with the bishop for whatever reason is trust the Lord. That he will do whatever it is to help you. You personally feel first, feel forgiven, and no, be first, be forgiven, and then feel forgiven. Because those are the two things. Like uh, the 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 two most important things of when it comes to repenting about transgression is to for you to feel forgiveness, 
and for you to actually be forgiven, the Lord to actually forgive you. And then for you to forgive yourself, like that's just two yeah. big things. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that is, um, it, it's a very scary thing to be able to, to do that. Um, when you don't know the person, um, but even if you do know them, it's still scary. I would say to yeah. anyone who is struggling with this fact, it was, I would say is, is, uh, the Lord will not lead you wrong. Trust the Lord. And if you, the, the Lord has given us a lot of resources. And when I say that, the Lord has given us a lot of resources to resolve our, our transgression and our sin. There's, there's more than one way to resolve, or sorry, let me try that again. There's more than one um, avenue to resolve sin um, when it comes to um, when it comes to uh, having to confess with with an authority, um, I would say that you will actually always be directed to your bishop. But I think that if you if you need to go to a trusted a trusted leader first, I think that that, that will that will help ease things. Um, even though you still have to go talk to your bishop, but if you need to talk to a trusted leader first, then I would then I would say do that because the the Lord will the Lord will get you to be forgiven. The Lord will get you right. to where you need to go, um, but yeah. I will say, even even though I've said that, the Lord has has called bishops, even though they're not perfect, and I w- and I would say that I am going to actually testify and say that the bishops in our day and age right now are the most sensitive and the most um, most seeking of the spirit of any bishops that I've ever heard about. I would say that a lot of things that happened in the past in with past bishops are is is will probably not happen with bishops of today just because there's more training the, the I I feel the church knows more the bishops are trained more the bishops are, are the the types of people sought as uh, as is called as bishops have been been prepared by the Lord from 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 very very early on I do testify that the bishops of our day and in our wards now are the most qualified to be bishops that have ever been on the earth so far. So I think that we will that that the people who have been trusted that who are trusted with your um, with the with helping you resolve your spiritual transgressions, I think are some of the most capable people. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that's well. That that's well said. I think uh, I had the thought while you were saying that that um, this made me think of home centered church gospel instruction, mm-hmm. church supported, mm-hmm. home centered repentance, home centered like home like your heart, you. Mm. Oh, I love where you're going with this. Yeah, like home centered uh, repentance and confession to God. That's the core of confession. Uh, church supported. Ooh. You know, the, Ooh. the church is, is here to support us through overcoming our sin. And mm. and yes, there are sins that are serious enough that will leave an imprint on us that we're going to need to go talk to someone and go Ooh. talk to the bishop about. And Man. He's there to support. So. I love that. That, I think, is a great way to end this, is that there it is... Home-centered repentance with church, church-supported, um, uh, however you said it. What did you say? Yeah, yeah. Church, church-supported through the repentance process. I mean, yeah. uh, here, part of that is if if you have a bug infestation in your home or something, and you go out and you're like, okay, well, I have my own concoction I made here. I've got my Windex bottle. I'm going to go spray all these bugs and. Hopefully they'll do it. It might be easier, you know. It might be the more approachable solution. It might be the more comfortable solution. But at the end of the day, at the end of the week, those bugs are still going to be there in some cases. And so I think it's important to recognize that God isn't give, isn't asking us to confess because he wants it to be hard for us. He wants us to get this exterminated. He wants us to beat beat this sin. Mm. And sometimes our own little, our own approach, our own, um, 
you know, just with God and prayer approach isn't going to be enough to keep those, to get that infestation resolved, you know? Yeah, that's a bad example because it sounds gnarly. I'm not trying to make a gnarly <laughs> example. But oh. God's given us a powerful solution, and it's an uncomfortable one, um, but it's because he wants us to, to beat the problem and, 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 and be be happier and be more blessed in the end. So I like what you said, too. Trust the process. Trust the Lord. I think that's good, uh, good to hold close. Huh? Is there anything else, any other thoughts you had that you wanted to share? The only thing I wanted to say was I just think that, uh, as you said that, it just rang true. It's just it's home-centered repentance, a home-centered, church-supported repentance, where it starts in your heart, where um, if you really want to get some of these things uh, taken care of, I think here, here's what, uh, actually my parting thought from something I read is if we're truly trying to repent from our, our sins, you know, truly trying to change to become more like the Lord. And we have some serious transgressions, the spirit and our own conscience will tell us when we need to go confess. Like really that's, I think that that is, that's true. If it's home centered as church supported repentance is, The Lord will tell us, we will feel it, that 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 we need to confess. And when that happens, um, then I think that we'll have the faith, we'll have the faith to to overcome the the, the trials, the struggles of, of of confessing to a bishop, whatever whoever we are, we'll find a way to overcome those struggles and get that taken care of. Because really. It does. It has nothing to do. If uh, if uh, the last thought I thought I thought of is, it has nothing to do with a bishop. It has everything to do with you and the Lord, and the and the bishop is only there to support that. That's yeah. that's really what it comes down to. Yeah. And I uh, one of the talks I read, a, a bishop said a woman had been carrying a sin around for for decades, and uh, he felt impressed to just ask if there's anything she wanted to clear up with him. And she broke down crying and, and expressed something, and and they got it cleared up. And uh, and again, you don't have to go spill every single every every piece of detail to the bishop. This isn't this isn't a, a detail sesh with the bishop. This is mm. a what do you need to say so he can help you through the repentance process, kind of thing. And this woman wow. moved on and lifted that burden that she'd been carrying for for decades. And when he saw her after that, she was much more cheery. And he said, to this day, he does not remember her name. Yeah. Because it's not his. the The Lord forgets our sins, and it's not like it's not like the Lord forgets it. Like I'm not going to bring it up. Like they have no relevance to the Lord. Mm. They 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 don't they don't beg his attention in any way, and he can cause that same thing to happen with with bishops if we're nervous about talking to them. You know what he can. He can let them remember what they need to remember, or forget what he wants them to forget. You know, he'll, he'll whatever's best for you. He'll, I think he'll take care of you. He'll take care of us. So, yeah, I mean, we could. I think we could talk forever about this. There's one thing that you said there. Just you don't have to. You don't have to give a play by play. Just say what's what is necessary. And you know, I really, I think that that sometimes I may we may think that we have to go into deep discussion, like deep dive about our, our transgression. And I think of that as a reminder is we're, we only need to say what's necessary. Like you said, what's ever necessary for the Bishop to be able to help us, uh, find the best path toward repentance. That's all, that's all we need to say. So, and I think that that, that's actually pretty comforting to me. And I hope it's comforting to you that, uh, for anybody who's, who's nervous about that. Um, yeah. at the end of the day, uh, our sins are between the Lord and us, and the and the and and the bishop is there to um, help that repentance process uh, happen the quick and the most efficient as it can. Yeah. Um, so so say sorry to that old lady you cut off. Yeah. Right? So say sorry. <laughs> Anyways, I hope this has been helpful for for you. I've I've learned a lot about uh, about uh, repentance my myself, but uh, yeah, brother. It's, this has been a, a great conversation. Uh, please, if you have any things that you'd like to discuss, if you want us to discuss a question or concern, please send it to us. We'd love to talk about um, talk about it 
between us and and uh, um, share our thoughts. You know, hopefully that you find what we have to say is, is helpful. Uh, but we'd also love to know what you think about this. Um, both of these things, questions, concerns, or just what you think about uh, what we've talked about, you can send to us um, via our socials, which is the IBW podcast, um, which which is our Twitter and our uh, uh, Facebook. Facebook. Thank you. IBW podcast. Or you can send us handle. an e- uh, handle. Thank you. Or mm-hmm. you can send us an email at in black and white podcast. Nope. Oh, sorry. IBW. Oh, shoot. <laughs> in black and oh, white right. show in, at in, gmail.com. In black and white show at gmail.com. You can send us an email at in black and white show. Doc, oh, my gosh. In black and white show at gmail.com. You can send us an email there. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to discuss what you have to say. Um, but thank you again for meeting with us, uh, sitting here with us as we discuss this. Um, like, review, and share. Please like, review, Thanks. and share our podcast. Um, if there's any benefit to you, we, we, we want to, to send this benefit to as many people. Uh, hopefully, it will be beneficial to them, too. If you hated it, leave a five-star review. <laughs> if you hated it, please email us and give us a five-star review. Anyways, <laughs> thank you very much for joining with us. We love you so much. We're grateful that you're here. Um, and we'll continue doing what we do. So until we talk with you next time, Godspeed, everyone. God is good. You've stolen from me. I know, I did. I did do that.